From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and of course, uh, marketing students of all ages, welcome to the program. First the name, Professor Americus Reed. Second, the game is, of course, marketing as in segmentation, targeting, positioning, and messaging to your customers. Listeners, you are to be saluted on a daily basis, baby, please. This is Sirius XM Channel 132 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Professor Americus Reed. Yep, and they call me the Hip Hop Prof. A.K.A. the czar of the M.A.R., the messiah of marketing, the militant poet, the muscular microphone hustler. Do or do not, there is no try, said this marketing Jedi. Now, if you want to join the conversation, the calling number is 1-844-WARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. You can follow our show on Twitter at SXM Marketing one word, and you can follow Business Radio at SXM Business for information about all of our programming. And of course, check out our brand new website at sxmmarketingoneword.com. You can also, of course, hit me up. Yes, your boy on Twitter at A-M-R-E-E-D-2. That's at A-M-R-E-E-D-2 on the Twitter, or I guess they're calling it X now, or on the gram at Professor America's one word. So make sure you connect with me on the social media tip. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, but don't lose your grip. Now listen to me very carefully, guys. I am super excited today because we're going to take your calls. You can ask questions to any of our guests at any point in time, 1-844-942-7866. And you can talk to our guests as they share their knowledge and wisdom. Happy to welcome Jenna LaBelle. She is... Chief, Mar- watch this, ladies and gentlemen, chief marketing officer. She is a CMO of a fantastic company. You've heard of it called Liberty Mutual. Jenna, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm excited to have you here, Jenna, because we got a lot to talk about. I, but I want to start because I want to give my listeners a sense of the journey because the C-suite, that's where the leaders that really, really create the pathway to the strategy of fantastic companies in the future. I always want to give my listeners a sense of their unique journeys in terms of where they started, what were the passion points, what were the big learnings in the milestones as they progressed through their career to end up where they are currently. If you could tell us a little bit about your journey, that would be fantastic. Yeah, of course. Um, I've always been in marketing. I've, I've loved marketing um, and communication since, you know, I was, you know, in, in journalism classes in high school and editor of the newspaper. Nice. Um, studied marketing and psychology in undergrad, went to grad school for integrated marketing. Nice. Um, worked at a tech startup doing email marketing, then a startup social and digital agency. Um, and then Fortune 100 insurance company. And I've been here for the last 10 years. Wow. Um, held various roles in marketing, you know, social, digital, uh, brand strategy and advertising. And then, uh, as you mentioned, CMO now. Mm-hmm. I, I always knew I wanted to get on the brand side. And for me, it was it was always a matter of finding the right opportunity. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about my experiences in the startup space was just the scrappiness of it all mm-hmm. and the ability to build something. So I was looking for more of a, what I would call a challenger brand mm-hmm. where I could really make an impact, you know, a brand that maybe didn't have it all figured out gotcha. um, mm-hmm. and, and wasn't just running marketing from, from a playbook. And 
Um, I've loved every second of my time at Liberty. I thought it would be a layover, but turns out insurance oh, is really interesting, for, mm. for, especially for a marketer. Interesting. I want you to unpack this a little bit. Why Why the passion in marketing, Jenna? It sounds like a lot of the roles, whether it be social, digital, uh, these kinds of things that you were studying and carefully trying to become a guru at, what was it about marketing that really drew you in and says, like, I want to kind of land here and I want to continue to develop my particular leadership skills in this space? Yeah, I think I, I think it probably always comes back to like, I love this, the idea of listening to the consumer mm-hmm. and what the consumer wants and um, really being able to deliver that um, through a product, through a brand, through messaging and, and you know, resonate um, in, in unique ways and, and meaningful ways with consumers. I think I've always just had a passion for that sort of one to one connection mm-hmm. um, and relationship building very cool and you have a you have a at least a past interest in journalism is that is was that correct is that yeah ages ago actually i for a while i wanted to be katie Couric when i was a kid <laughs> and that was sort of gotcha. my aspiration and I've, I've since turned that into communicating in different ways and, yeah uh, and here mm-hmm. i am in marketing that's awesome so talk a little bit about jenna the because this is interesting and i i, I don't think listeners i want to make sure you understand the challenge of working on something that you can't necessarily touch, right? So the notion of a credence good, the notion of the idea, I have I have this good, and I, I don't really know what it looks like until I maybe use it. And so the marketer has a harder job because they ha- now have to make you care about this thing. That So talk us through th- this world that you're a guru on, Jenna. Tell us about this world of insurance and, 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 and the, just the some of the underlying premises that are involved in helping to solve this challenge of a particular type of product that has this kind of almost, you know, a- ambiguity to it potentially. No, that's really great. I love this question. And um, I think coming into Liberty, I sort of had the opinion like, well, eh, insurance is not all, not all that interesting. And boy, was I wrong. Like, <laughs> as a marketer, you know, you, yeah. you don't have a tangible product. I, I can't just ha- run an ad with featuring the product at the, at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a need-based product. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have to have it. It's required by law. People don't want it. <laughs> uh, right. We, do, we don't know the cost of goods sold right. at the time we sell it, which is pretty wild if you think about it Mm -hmm. um it's a it's a commoditized category Mm -hmm. it's one of the only things i can think of that you pay for and you hope to never have to use it and so yes yes i think that's why you see the category try to establish that brand linkage Mm -hmm. through various brand cues like jingles Mm. like branded you know characters to sort of represent and stand for their brand because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know we don't have a product we can feature we know that people don't want to think about insurance right they, they so we sort of rely on entertaining folks using humor mm-hmm. and, and trying to break through and connect with consumers that way mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's definitely a fascinating category and one that I know when I was coming into it I didn't I didn't even imagine it would be this exciting interesting no so you it's very funny uh, Jenna because you mentioned this idea I'll share with you. I have a 13 year old daughter. Well, she's going to be 13 on December 20th of this year, and uh, she loves dance. And uh, she was in she was in my uh, uh, living room d- doing little dances. And I got to tell you this: 
She's she's doing little dances and she's going like this. Liberty, 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 liberty. I was like, holy shit. I was like, wait a second. Wait. I had to pull her over. I, I have this on, on Instagram. I had to pull her oh, over. Like, where? You filmed it <laughs> yeah, I did. And it was like, literally, like, where'd you get that? I was like, I, it's just a cool, it's cool, daddy. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> it's like Jenna and her colleagues are absolute geniuses. So talk a little bit about because this is the, you know, creating something that's personified that that can live outside of the, the, the ambiguous world of what the product is talk about because this is you're 10 years in on this so this is not mm-hmm. this is not something that happened overnight talk us through like the initial thought process of like how are we going to make this real and how are we going to get people to care about this something that's commoditized that they don't want and so on talk talk us through the evolution of you creating this powerful brand that so many people you know have great positive regard for yeah no i well it's awesome that your daughter thinks we're cool so <laughs> i'm definitely taking that i'm gonna uh-huh. tell everybody uh-huh. um you know this category is so, so, so competitive. And mm. I think like a prerequisite for success is just strong top of mind awareness mm-hmm. because consumers are only shopping the carriers they know, the ones that come first uh, to mind first. Um, you know, that's why it's so important to have that top of mind awareness. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we've, we've done a pretty good job over the last 10 years growing that um, unaided awareness. We've done it faster than anyone in the category, mm-hmm. but we've been really, really thoughtful about our approach. I think, you know, we knew we needed stronger brand cues that were working hard to establish liberty and, and create that linkage um, just because we don't have that luxury of having a tangible product. And so um, you see the whole category ha- has all these brand cues, mascots, jingles, et cetera. And so we were looking for our approach to it. How do we do it in a really unique and differentiated way? And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, about 10 years ago, actually, we, we launched a, a campaign. We call it Truth Tellers. It's um sort of people standing in front of uh, the Statue of Liberty on the boardwalk in, in New York. And that was that was very intentional of establishing that linkage of our logo, Liberty, Statue of Liberty, yes, and sort yes, of using yes. that as a way to yes. keep Liberty top of mind. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we went down the path of, of creating our jingle. We know it's one of the most effective brand cues out there. I mean, I, you can probably think of many of them off the top of your head and, and even some from decades ago that you still stick with you in, in, in different capacity. So we knew we needed to do that too. I would say there's no better way to get people to remember Liberty by uh, saying it four times, unless you're saying it four times. So um, no, we we did. It's funny. We did a ton of testing on our jingles, um, Mm -hmm. putting it in front of consumers. I think we developed over a dozen, put them all in front of consumers in a Mm -hmm. quantitative testing environment. And we're really getting at like, you know, what was really sticky? What what could people play back? We were sort of measuring that playback, Mm -hmm. that talkability piece of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But also looking at like, is it keeping the brand top of mind and and, and hitting on some other metrics? And so landed on the jingle and then, you know, knew we needed some kind of mascot spokes character, spokes spokes duo in our Mm -hmm. our case. And Mm -hmm. we just really wanted to make sure it was unique in the category. And I think um, that was tough to do because we were coming at it so late in the game. And so, um, you know, this idea of Limu and Doug and, and standing for, you know, they think it's a crime to overpay for insurance mm-hmm. in a category that is so price driven um, was interesting because there was like sort of one part familiar, right? Like there's right. this buddy duo, you've seen it in movies, you've seen it in <laughs> right. shows and tropes. But then there was this unexpected element of like, it's a man and a bird <laughs> that doesn't talk or fly and they're right. like teamed up. They're and teamed so up. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a lot of success with it. It's coming up on its fifth year next mm-hmm. year. Um, so five years in market. And, um, you know, we, we've seen it just 
really, um, you know, pick up in culture and pick up with consumers in, in really unexpected ways. And it's been awesome to, to see that campaign grow. Listeners, if you're just joining us, we are speaking with Jenna LaBelle. She is Chief Marketing Officer at Liberty, 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 Liberty Mutual, of course. Now it's stuck in my head, Jenna. So, if, by the way, <laughs> listeners, if you want to join the conversation, you absolutely can. one 844 10 is the number. You can talk to Jenna and ask us questions. one 844 Jenna, talk about this, though, because this is beautiful. Because it's creating, the, creating the characters allows you to tell stories that, in very important ways, describe the brand and i think that's powerful right in, in a very price driven kind of thing that out there people may be making this decision trying to you know grab the lowest price how do you create that brand talk a little bit about because it sounds like i was going to ask you like describe the liberty mutual brand and how it's different that's point number one and then secondly talk about the ways that you are reinforcing and instantiating this through this duo that is telling the story that's very important to the value proposition yeah, I love this question. Um, you know, this is actually a really exciting time for our brand um, as we've been working to sharpen our personality and our bell prop uh, to more fully articulate who we are and how we show up in the world. Um, you know, we've done a lot of t- uh, spent a lot of time over the last several months, like evaluating our existing strengths mm-hmm. as a brand and as a company and, and what we need to be in the future to win in this category that we both know is super, super competitive and really cluttered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've actually like evolved our, our brand positioning to be around this idea of affordable protection okay. that puts people first. And gotcha. I think that puts people first is a really unique differentiator in this category. So, Mm. you know, offering and being known for affordable prices is like table stakes in the category. Gotcha. Um, But we also want to embody like an approachable persona that consumers can trust and relate to. And, you know, to that end, putting people first is a powerful proposition that sort of underscores everything we do as an entire company, as an entire organization, Mm -hmm. whether it be offering affordable prices by customizing your policy and working with you to make sure you get the coverage you need or seamlessly providing quotes and service or simply starting a claims call by first asking the customer if they're okay before getting into the <laughs> gotcha. uh, transaction of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel like you know position this posi- positioning offers a, a higher order benefit that will foster a deeper emotional connection with audiences. And we're excited to, to roll it out over the coming years. And I think I think even in Limu and Doug today, they are a little bit more approachable, right? They're mm-hmm. sort of like an everyman in, in the way they're body, which is kind of crazy because, you know, yeah. Limu is a bird. It's actually a bird. Um, and every bird, yes. <laughs> yes. Every bird, exactly. Um, but so you're going to start to see a lot more of that, of like the affordable protection that puts people first. Interesting. You have a background because you're a guru on this, Jenna, and the social digital world. Talk us, Tell us about how that plays into this into telling the the liberty mutual story what are some of the cool things that you're doing on the social media side or and or i don't know chat gpt ai yeah well, i don't know what this stuff metaverse wild, wild I, 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 i'm throwing out words i have no idea what this stuff is but uh help us understand how you're pulling this in because i'm sure you're at the forefront of pulling in these innovative technologies and helping them tell your story how, how are you doing that yeah. Yeah, you know, our, our social strategy today looks completely different than it did uh, in the program's infancy and when I got here 10 years ago, um, which is to be expected, obviously, because these platforms and the way consumers use social media has just changed so dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're constantly partnering with our media counterparts, our platform partners across the various platforms to just learn and evolve in the space. Um, at a core level, we sort of have a twofold approach. Um, you know, first, 
We want to help amplify our campaign concepts across all of our digital touch points to really reinforce the memorable moments and stories that we're telling in our advertising to optimize that memorability and linkage. I mentioned this earlier, but we do a, a good amount of testing um, and mm-hmm. we put all of our ads that that, that go on TV and, and digital video in front of thousands of consumers. And so we know when we put an ad out there, it's working for us. And so we want to extend that into social and digital uh, channels as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also looking to use our strong brand cues across platforms to create content sort of based on best practices and user behavior within the channel. So whether that be like AR lenses on Snap, where users get to play DJ and remix our jingle. So maybe <laughs> you need to tell your daughter about that. Oh, no. <laughs> this will be amazing. But go ahead. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or like capitalizing on TikTok trends or, you know, if, if the fit makes sense, you know, partnering with influencers. We've done this a few times where we've seen someone on TikTok talking about emus. We actually uh, partnered with someone who owns an emu farm and, oh, and did an activation. Nice. So, yeah, we're... You know, we're, we're continuing to explore uh, these channels and making sure that we're being native to who we are and, and also to, you know, the channel and the user behavior within it. And sort of the last thing I'll say here is um, sort of new to our, our brand evolution is we've been doing a lot of movie partnerships. OK, talk um, about that. So we, yeah, we partnered with um, Spider-Man uh, a couple of years ago, and then we did a, a, oh, right. a activation with Minions, and then we actually have another one in the works that I can't say, but it's okay. going to uh, come out in the first half of next year. And those have been like hugely valuable for our brand. It's basically we get to borrow the IP of these you know massive franchises, these iconic franchises, and leverage that in our advertising, mm-hmm. just strengthening the, the you know um, the effectiveness of the work that we're putting into the market. Um, and we do it in exchange for promoting the film at the end of the spots. And mm-hmm. um, it's been pretty successful for us. So, we're, you know, it's a great it's a great extension into some of these social channels. Mm-hmm. Just because people are already talking about these movies, they have loyal, loyal fan bases. And so it's a natural way for us to enter conversations that we would have otherwise not been a part of. That's amazing, uh, Jenna. Uh, listeners, this is uh, Jenna LaBelle. She's CMO of the amazing company called... Liberty Mutual. Jenna, tell us a little bit about this because you mentioned something that I thought was super interesting, Jenna, and that's the idea of these cool kinds of partnerships that happen that allow you to, and this was a phrase that a former uh, guest used, the, the speed of culture and staying on, you know, your brand has to be going at the speed of culture is what this person said. It's a very interesting statement. Uh, and I think this nicely typifies what you're doing, Jenna, at, uh, you know, as CMO at Liberty Mutual. And so talk a little bit about that, about this idea, because what I was super interested in when you were naming Minions, you named Spider-Man, these cool movie collaborations. And you mentioned previously in your statement, Jenna, the word fit. How do you pick these things? What You have a brand that has a very clearly articulated value proposition and ethos. You just clearly stated it to us, uh, myself and my listeners. How do you how do you take that brand and match it to to choose the right partners to vet the you know what I mean? Take us through that logic. Like why did Spider Man make the cut? Why minions? Are there are there are there things that get rejected because they don't they don't fit, even though they may be super popular, they don't fit the kind of ethos that you're trying to create, the synchronicity, the synergy. Talk us through that process. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're still new to this, admittedly, so we're we're figuring it out, you know, along the way, but I think initially when we were, you know, evaluating some of these movies, we were looking for bigger franchises, well-known franchises, well-known IP that mm-hmm. 
even if you didn't see the movie, you know exactly. If you did see the latest Spider-Man, you know Spider-Man. Yes. You know Minions, and yes. you'll know this next one too. Oh, but nice. really looking You're teasing at us. yes, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> iconic, iconic yes. IP. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, like you know, we want to make sure that, that the last films were successful, and there's going to be good box office, you know, attendance and all of that. Um, but really, you know, making sure the storylines, the characters, like, you know, the, 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 the environment of the film is more aligned with, with our brand and not in discon. it's not a disconnect, right? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's not a ton of inherent risk. And so, gotcha. um, we felt that, you know, Spider-Man, um, and just that whole like superhero, you know, storyline uh, and, and having it be such an iconic uh, franchise that's been around for, for, you know, decades, um, felt like a good fit minions you know the, the family angle this like yes. kind of fun playful yep, you know yep, yep. cartoon animated film like it felt like it it was a good fit for us um and you know it wasn't going to cause any controversy we knew it was going to perform at the box office and and we knew that people would recognize those characters even if they'd never seen any of the films gotcha what well, might there be jenna uh, a limo and doug film a movie <laughs> is that something I, that I mean are you that out of the box where you might actually do something like that or maybe like a short film I mean you know what I mean like a, maybe a longer format I think it would thing? have to be short because uh, Ian Lou's attention span is not very <laughs> not very long <laughs> yes yes this is, a, um, this is a good point I, I don't know I'm not gonna put it I'm not gonna rule it out but um, you know we're, it's funny you say that we're constantly getting ideas uh, from consumers in social media um, you know about like do this for an ad or maybe yeah. you should do that or whatever and it's been so fun like we're coming up on Halloween here. Halloween is such an awesome time oh. for, for the brand because everybody wants to dress up as Limu and Doug. And um, it's been fun to watch that over the years. And even like other ways the brand is popping up into culture. You know, we've been parodied on SNL twice. Yes. We've been included yes. As, as a Jeopardy and New York crossword clues multiple times. Yes. You know, and so it's it's been fun to see, you know, just five years ago, those characters didn't even exist. And mm-hmm. now... Um, seeing people dress up as Lino and Doug on Halloween, like all around <laughs> the country and, and having it be such a part of culture has been really rewarding to watch. That's super exciting. And, and, and it's amazing when you think about it, right? You think about like insurance and you think about it. You, it was the original point that you made, Jenna, which is the idea that inherently it's a product that's not interesting until smart marketers like yourself make it interesting and culturally relevant and important. But and it's not just smoke and mirrors. It's like there's a real ethos behind it. There's a real genuine, authentic desire to bring something great for people, affordable, customizable. You care. We can, you know, we're not, these aren't transactions, they're relationships. And we're showing you this through the reinforcement and affirmation of our brand is a very powerful thing. Uh, we're pushing up on about two minutes left. Uh, I want to get you, I want to put you into the, uh, the time machine, Jenna. And I want, I always ask the gurus who come on, the marketing gurus to give me their prognosis of what's the crystal ball is going to look like generally in marketing, let's say over the next three to five years and specifically things that you're paying attention in your industry that you think will be that you want to sort of have so and keeping keeping an eye on those things to be prepared for the next you know the next the next level of vision visionary success that you're going to try to have 
Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I, I I wish I had that magic ball you speak of, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think we're going to continue to see AI play a, a, a you know, critical role in, in, in marketing and as well as, you know, all, all industries. And I think marketers will have to figure out the right balance uh, between leveraging the technology and, and balancing that, you know, human touch as well. Um, and that human, human in- intuition and sort of instinct that comes with marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll continue to see uh, a lot more platforms pop up, whether that's in social connected TV streaming, I think we'll continue to see fragmentation there. And I think as marketers, we, just stick to the foundations that we know work, understand the audience, understand the platform, mm-hmm. you know, know your message and, 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 you know, continue to deliver it. Um, but I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be more fast paced than probably the last decade, gotcha. uh, which excites me. Like I said, I come from startups, so uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited to, uh, to dig in and, and see, see what, uh, you know, what course it takes. Very, very cool. Jenna LaBelle, CMO of Liberty Mutual. Thank you for joining us today. Where can our listeners go to find out more information about you and everything going on at Liberty Mutual? I would say me personally, LinkedIn is probably the best. And then uh, for the brand, uh, you you pick uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you know, you name it. We're, we're everywhere and I'm um, excited to interact, interact with you. Very, very cool. Thank you so much, Jenna. Okay, listeners, that's all we have time for today. I want to thank our producers, Dion Simpkins and Dana Cash. Thank you very much. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and are replayed several times throughout the week. You can follow our show on Twitter at SXM Marketing. And you can follow Business Radio at SXM Business for information about all our programming. And, of course, check out our new website at SXMMarketing.com. Thank you all for listening today. We'll be back next week. Till then, this has been Marketing Matters. I'm America's Reed, Business Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 132.